Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is your host, Elder Gregory Newsom, with the Faith in God Internet TV. Today is a blessed day in the house of God. We say God bless you. We have a great lesson on today. And so we want to get right to it. Let us go before the throne of God. Let us pray at this time. Eternal God, our Savior, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord, as we come before thee and before thy presence, we want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy toward us. Thank you, Lord, oh God, for life and that more abundantly. We thank you, oh Lord, for, oh God, all that you do in our lives. Oh God, we thank you for provision. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you, oh God, for my wife and family. We thank you, Lord, for the plan of salvation. And most of all, God, we thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, that has the power, oh, God, to change lives. And we thank you for it. And, Lord, we ask that you would direct us on today. As we decrease, we ask that your anointing would increase. We pray, God, for, oh, God, forgiveness. We pray, God, that you would forgive us as we forgive others their debts and trespasses. Oh, God, forgive us of all of our sins of omission and commission. Lord, we pray, God, for, oh, God, the Murchison family. We pray for our pastor. Bishop, oh God, and our First Lady of the Pentecostal Power Church and all of the Pentecostal Power members, and oh God, all of our subscribers and listeners on today, we pray God you would, oh God, encourage, strengthen, oh God, and uplift your people, Lord, as your word, oh God, encourage the hearts that are listening on this broadcast. We ask you would touch all across the land and the 14 countries, Lord, that you have allowed us, oh God, to share the gospel, the good news. We thank you right now. Let the word fall on good ground, oh God, that it may bring forth. And Father, we thank you. We forever give you glory. We give you praise. Look on all of our mothers, all of our deacons. And oh God, look on those that are sick and shut in. Look on, oh God, those that are, oh God, essential workers. Yet, oh God, oh God, oh, laboring in the medical and healthcare field to help those during this time of COVID. We pray that your blood will cover us, oh God, that we would have immunity and protection from the virus, oh God, but help us to use wisdom, oh God, that we would use the necessary tools that, oh God, has been discovered and proven to be used uh, to help, oh God, but we know, oh God, that the ultimate help comes from you, the ultimate healing and deliverance come from you, and Father, we acknowledge you in this way that you might direct us, in the name of Jesus, we pray to the glory of God, we thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, thank God, yes, yes. We say God bless you again. I'm your host, Elder Gregory Newson, with the Faith in God Internet TV. We want to say God bless you. We have a, a beautiful lesson today. We're still talking from lesson number three. We are not to revile. And so we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about that. We are not to revile. And so we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. Um, want to give a shout out to the people of God, uh, to Missionary Newson, and to uh, all of you that are listening on the broadcast today. Uh, we're going to go straight to the scripture, which is found in Acts chapter uh, 18. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 18, and we're going to look at our, our familiar passage of scripture on today. And so let us go to Acts chapter 18. And we're talking about we are not to revile. And uh, 
you know, the subject is speak life. And uh, sometimes uh, people um, are going to revile you. And that's why we're going to Acts chapter 18 to, uh, you know, share uh, some excerpts in the scripture to uh, connect uh, this particular lesson plan. Um, so we can understand that um, even though when people revile us as agents for God and as ambassadors for Christ, um, we have a responsibility to still speak life. And if a person rejects truth, um, we just move on. We don't uh, try to uh, cause any confusion or any chaos. We we're just uh, let that individual know that we're going to be praying for them and we move on because ultimately we're all in the hands of God and uh, it's their decision if they uh, choose life or if they choose death. But ultimately we have a responsibility to share the good news. And so discernment gives us uh, the weather with all to know, uh, you know, as they say, when to hold them and when to fold them. And so, and we got to know when to walk away and uh, we certainly got to know when to run. And so uh, it's very, very important that we um, share the gospel of Jesus with all that will receive it. And so let us go to the scripture, Acts chapter 18. All right, we're going to read. Um, you, We're coming out of the King James Version. That's where we teach from. Uh, you may have a new authorized version or NIV or RSV, um, or whatever type of Bible you may have, but you can reference the scripture. Uh, but we teach from the King James Version. And so let us let us go here in uh, Acts chapter 18. And it, and it reads here, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, Okay, and it says here, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with him in wrath, for by their company they were uh, tent makers. And so uh, let me just break that down for you. You know, uh, his occupation was to work with leather. And so he worked with leather, uh, making very uh, various different products, okay? And not only just making tents, but he also worked with leather. So he's a leather worker, okay? So if you research it, you'll, you'll know um, theologically he was a leather worker, okay? And it says here uh, in verse 4, and he reasoned in the synagogue every sab Sabbath. Okay, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. All right, there you have it right there. And when he opposed themselves, and when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said, your blood be up on your own heads. I am clean henceforth, and I will go to the Gentiles. 
Now you can see here in Acts chapter 18, uh, praise the Lord, Mother Flowers, and to all of you that are listening, uh, we're in Acts chapter 18. We read from verse number one um, to about verse number uh, five there and six. Okay, and we stopped at about six so you can catch up. Um, as I was sharing, you know, uh, we are not to revile even when we're uh, used as a witness for Jesus. Because we don't want to, we don't want to, uh, you know, taint our witness, our testimony. We don't want to taint, uh, you know, uh, the position that God will have us to represent him. And so we still have to uh, address people in the right manner when they're, when they're not addressing us properly. You know, people do things, uh, people are insensitive and they do things uh, just because they're people. And so uh, when I say this, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying um, uh, it's justified. What I'm saying is we have to learn um, how to uh, endure all things. Okay. And we are not to revile in the process of why we're in doing it. We have to apply wisdom and, uh, you know, stay calm and trust God. And what Paul did was he shook his raiment. And uh, he said, the blood be your blood be upon your own heads. Since you rejecting Jesus as being the Messiah, being the Christ, you know, it's, you know, hey, I'm going to move on. You know, I, I've done my part. You know, I've, I've shared with you what needs to be done. And this is what we need to do in the church. When people are, are irresponsible, when people are running rampant, they're disorderly. They don't do things in an orderly manner. You know, and they think they, uh, you know, I don't know what they think they are, but let's just deal with it. You know, they just jump up and do things because they feel like, hey, I can, you know. And so we we have to, as people of God, we have to have the right spirit and the right attitude. And we don't have to revile them, but we can just stand flat footed and tell them you're wrong. And this is what Paul did. He told them that Jesus was Christ. And they rejected him. And so when they didn't receive what he was saying, you know, when people get up and they all out of order and you pull them to the side and you say, hey, look, you know, uh, what you did was out of line. And then they said, well, I don't think I was out of line. You know what? You know, uh, I have a right to do what I'm doing because I'm so and so, so and so. You already know at that point you're not going to help that individual. And so what you need to do so you don't get yourself into nothing. Use wisdom and say, you know what? We're going to leave you in the hands of God. Um, if anything else, I'm going to let the bishop know and I'm done with it. You know, because sometimes what we do is we get into a, 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 a back and forth session with people. And when we get into a back and forth session with people, then now you're, you're being, you know, you're being drawn into that thing. And that's why uh, it's so important uh, you know, that the scripture tells us, you know, in uh, Galatians, you know, it tells us in Galatians chapter six, it lets us know, you know, let's get it real quick. I just want to make sure um, I got the right scripture. Let me just grab it real quick. You know, I want to make sure I got the right scripture for you. And uh, it's important that we don't get into things, you know, that that will cause us to look bad. Okay. Galatians chapter six, verse number one. He says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one 
in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another burden, so fulfill ye the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, when he or she think themselves to be something, when he or she is nothing, he or she deceiveth him or herself. Okay? But let every man prove his own work, and then shall have rejoicing in him or herself alone and not in another. For every man or woman shall bear his or her own burden. Let him that taught the word, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Last verse. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit of the spirit reap life everlasting. And this is what Paul did. Paul was not weary in doing and well doing. And what I'm saying to the people of God, you be encouraged. You keep doing what you need to do. And God is going to show himself to be faithful and do what he needs to do with these disobedient folk. And so what I'm saying to you is people will revile you. You got saved folks. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You got saved folks that that's claiming to be saved. Now, I didn't say they was saved. I'm saying they claiming to be saved and they will revile you. And guess what you have to do? You have to take it with grace and you have to smile and you have to move away from it and ask God for strength. And you continue to forgive and pray for that individual. But at, you got to get to a point where Paul was, where you shake your raiment and said, the blood be on you. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of humorous, but it's not humorous because it's a sad thing. It's a sad day in the hour we live in, even in our church uh, dispensation, uh, in the dispensation of the church. Um, when we come into a close of this dispensation, we can see a rapid decline. The Bible says that uh, there will be a falling away first. Okay. Some people say a great falling away, but the Bible didn't say that. It says there must be a falling away first. And we can see a decline. Okay. And because we see this decline, we can't, it's too late in the evening for us to be reviling folk. So what we do, we speak life. What we do, we speak life to that situation, and we do like Paul. We shake our raiment and say, the blood be up on your own head. I'm clean from it because I tried to help you, you know? And sometimes people don't want to take your advice. And when people don't take your advice, don't get upset with them, you know? This is just a, a, a point of interest for those of you that may have the ability to counsel folks, you know? Uh, I learned best from my bishop, you know, in counseling people. You know, you don't get upset and frustrated because they ain't listening. What you do is you say you reinforce it and you try to encourage and you try to upbuild and speak life to it. But if they ain't listening, you just keep moving on because they'll come back. They're going to come back knocking at your door or come back ringing your phone saying, you know what? I, I should have listened. And then you have the opportunity to help. But until then, ain't no sense you wasting time with folks. Too many of our pastors, too many of our bishops got diabetes, heart problems. Uh, they got all kinds of stress issues because folk won't act right. You know, 
And, uh, you know, we ain't just talking about gray hair. Gray hair is just a part of aging. But when you go to having a lot of stress and, you know, a lot of medical issues, you know, high blood pressure, hypertension, you know, uh, heart arrhythmia and all this other stuff. And, you know, you got to take, you know, all this other stuff to you got ulcers and all this other stuff. You can't sleep at night, you know, cause folk, you know, they cut up and we, you know, we, we, as people of God, we got to deal with it from face value and know that we are not to revile, you know, because Paul was reviled. Not only, you know, we, we, sometimes we, we expect, and we kind of look for the world to be doing all the reviling, but I want you to change your thought process. Even, even amongst, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, believers are uh, so-called believers because everybody in the church ain't saved. So I'm going to say that for you. Uh, those of you that's listening, you got people that's been around the church for 20 and 30 years and they not saved. Okay. They just been, you know, uh, they've been hanging around the church. You know, some people, you know, they grow up in the church, you know, uh, you know, uh, they mom and daddy, uh, part of ministry or whatever. And they, they just feel like, Hey, I got a right to this, but you ain't got a right to nothing if you're not born into this. You know, you can you can join the church, you know. Uh, I'm going to say this. You can join the assembly, but you have to be born to be in the body of Christ, okay? Now, you can join any local assembly. I'm going to mess with your theology today. You can, you know, you know they got all kinds of names for churches, you know. Uh, you can join, I don't want to use a particular name, but just say, uh, the house on the hill church. Okay. You can join that church, but to be born again is to be in the body of Christ. Okay. And so, uh, going to a building, that's one thing attending the building religiously and, you know, methodically, that's one thing, but to be born again of the water and of the spirit is another thing because when you're born of the spirit, your spirit will talk to you and let you know, the Holy Ghost will let you know not to revile. Okay? Now, we can't override it like some people do when they drive in their car. If they choose to run the red light, they can run it if they want to. But there's something, uh, there are some rules been put in place. The spirit has been put in place in you to govern you if you allow it. And so if you don't allow the spirit to govern you, you will do like a uh, like one of those lawnmowers that don't have a, a governor on it. It just fly wide open, you know. And anything that don't have a governor on it, you know, the Holy Ghost is our governor. It keeps us from just, you know, blurting out stuff when we get upset. Well, I ain't going to say everybody because some folk don't let the Holy Ghost help them. And so if you ain't letting the Holy Ghost help you, you need to say right now while I'm on this broadcast, help me, Holy Ghost. Because if you've been running off at the mouth, and ain't allowed the Holy Ghost to help you, and you just been saying everything that come to your mind, you can't speak your mind on everything, okay? And so we are not to revile. But I want to go back to uh, uh, verse number five. It says, now, Acts 18 and five, it says, now when both Silas and Timothy came down to Macedonia, Paul began uh, Paul began to be occupied uh, with the message solemnly testifying that the Jews uh, to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they had resisted and reviled him, okay, they resisted Paul and they reviled him. Y'all, Lord have mercy. Don't you know people going to resist this uh, 
apostolic teaching, they're going to resist it because flesh wants to be, you know, don't want to be uh, told anything. And that's, that's a bad thing when you have an individual, you know, have a lot of gifts and talent and then they don't want to be told anything. It could be disastrous. But we cannot revile, okay? But this is what they did. They resisted Paul because he was giving them truth. He was giving them the gospel. They resisted him, okay? And so uh, they resisted him. When it says, and when they opposed themselves, that means they resisted him, you know? Oh, Lord, have mercy. They resisted Paul. And then what they did was they reviled him. And when they reviled him, this is what Paul did. He shook off his clothes and he said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I'm guiltless. I'm just paraphrasing for you. I'm breaking it down in layman's term. He said, I'm guiltless from this. And from now on, I'm going to go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel. And, you know, it's a real bad thing that, you know, the Bible said we're supposed to be helpers one to another. But it's really a sad day in, you know, in, in ministry and in church when you can't go to people, you know, like they need to be gone to and tell them, hey, you know, what you done was out of order. And you know what? You need to get your happy self somewhere and sit down and uh, understand there's an order about how we do things around here. And you've been around long enough to know how we do things. And if you don't have an understanding, then we're going to give it to you. But you've been around here too long, you know. And so I want to say to the people of God, be encouraged because sometimes, you know, God, uh, he sees all, he knows all. He allows some things to take place. You know, so, you know, some embarrassing things take place with individuals so it can teach them, you know, um, you know, mama. And daddy, you know, they try to do the best they could with us as an old country boy. But we thank and praise God that, um, you know, coming up, some things they just let, you know, let the uh, lesson do the teaching, you know, when it wasn't to our detriment. And, you know, and that's that's how it is in the church now. You know, sometimes, you know, um, you, you know, some people, they, you know, they're not approachable. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, uh you know, people make a fool of themselves. I, I I don't like to use that term, you know, because somebody may take it the wrong way, but I'm just going to throw it out there on the lifeline. Sometimes when people make a fool of themselves and then only discover that, wait a minute, if I would have went about this in an orderly manner, maybe I could have prevented this from happening, you know, and sometimes we cause chaos. Y'all, oh Lord, have mercy. A person that's out of control can cause chaos in a church. And this is why, you know, people need teaching. It doesn't matter who they are, how long they've been in church. When you see them do things that's immature, you already know that they need more teaching. Ain't no sense in you, uh, you know, a lot of times we, you know, ain't no sense you ostracizing, and criticizing. There's an opportunity for teaching right there. And only when you find out that person rejects and resists it. This is what Paul did. When he found out that they weren't ready and they rejected him and resisted him, he said, that was enough right there. 
And that's when that's when your stopping point should be brought in. We should never go back and forth with other saints and be, you know, causing uh, things to be in an uprise, you know, an upheaval. You know, I'm going to go back through this. We should never cause an uproar in the church. We should never cause a disturbance. No matter who we are, there's order in our church. Now, we may not want to hear this, but we never should cause a commotion, especially when service is going on. Now, they may not like this. They shouldn't cause any type of uh, ruckus or disturbance once the pastor gets up. Doesn't matter who it is. And so we need to know these things because revile and revelings, these are all these types of things that cause problems in the church. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, but I know you're listening. And so I want to say this. It says here, uproar, rampage, fervor, tumult, commotion. You cause a big commotion in the church, an upheaval or disturbance. We are not to be doing these things as people of God. Okay. There's a way you can do it without causing disturbance. Now, if you don't know how to do it, then sit down and let the pastor, let the elders, or let somebody that's seasoned in the word of God, these mothers help you. Okay. But it doesn't give me a license to be a, uh, because I'm an elder of the church. It don't give me a license to cause disturbance, ruckus, and chaos. My license, the Bible said the spirit is subject to the prophet. You don't just get up and go to doing things because you feel you got a right to do it. Now, I hope I made myself clear today. And so if you're listening today and you want to call me, my number is 414-628-0568. If you're causing your problem, your, your pastor problems and pain, and you're causing disturbances in the house of God, you need prayer. You need to call me. Okay. And we'll pray with you. But now if you want to go back and forth, you need to look at these scriptures. Okay. Because revile has to deal with more than just, you know, sometimes we think revile mean more than just, you know, uh, re rejecting something, but we can cause rampage, uproar, fervor, Toma, commotion, an upheaval, or a disturbance. These all fall under revealing. And I'm going to give you the definition here. It says a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. So when you get uh, four or five people, I hope I make it plain. When you get four or five people uh, in the middle of any service, and the pastor's up teaching and preaching and you get up and you just abruptly walk out of service without, you know, uh, the pastor granting you that permission to do that. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not getting into stuff, but I'm just saying, you know, you know, there, you know, there, I, I know this one church that, uh, and I, I think some of the saints know, I know this one church that uh, when the preacher's up, they have to hold their finger up to get up and leave out the church. The ushers, you know, and that's their order. I'm just dealing with it like that point. They have to hold their finger up to leave out the church. But we have, you know, my thing is, you know, in ministry, we have systems in place. We got stuff in place. And so I look at this point as, as, as Paul was dealing with these, these, uh, these uh, other particular believers. They were Jews, okay? They were Jews too. But guess what? They didn't, you know, they didn't believe, you know, they didn't believe that Jesus was Christ. And so they rejected. They rejected the teaching of Paul. And guess what Paul did? 
That, you know, because people reject the word of God, that does not mean the word of God is not right. It means that they're not ready to receive the word of God. And sometimes what we do, we make the mistake of, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to do you know, I'm not going to share. It. I'm not going to share it. No, we have a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the responsibility to share, to teach and preach and share the truth in our churches and abroad. And so when we get to the point where we can't help people, we got some trouble on our hands. When we get to the when we get to the point where we can't help one another as as a body of Christ, we can't somebody can't come to Elder Newsom and say, hey, look, you did that wrong. And if I don't have enough Holy Ghost to handle them coming to me in a loving way, explaining to me that I did something wrong, I have a big problem. It's not them. I have the problem. If I'm rejecting something that I know is truth and know that is order. And so we too, as a people of God, we just got to stop being so fearful and, and, and go ahead and, and do what God will have us to do and start worrying about folk. Cause guess what? Folk going to do what folk going to do, but guess what? God want to make sure that they know better. And that's where our responsibility comes in at when we say we are not to revile. We are teaching this series today to let the people of God know that when you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, your responsibility is to speak life. And the way that you speak life is by giving them truth, letting them know, no, we don't do that like this. Praise the Lord. And you do it in a loving, caring way. Praise the Lord. And you don't tear down if you can't build back up and encourage and give that person life. But at the same point, we can't be afraid to approach them and give them truth because truth is the light. Okay. And so we want to make sure we making it clear today. And so I want to make sure um, as I looked at Acts chapter 18, I wanted to go down uh, a little bit farther. Uh, Paul stayed there about a year and six months teaching the word of God. Now uh, the other place that God sent him, he stayed there for about uh, he stayed there about a year and six months because uh, he he went to the Corinthians. Actually, that's where he went to make a long story short. But he began to uh, uh, people began and the Corinthian church began to believe and get baptized. And, and Paul saw a, a, a vision by night and the word came to him and told him, be not afraid. But speak and hold not thy peace. That's what I want to say today. He told him to speak life and don't hold your peace. He said, for I am with thee. When you know the Lord is with you, it doesn't matter if God be for you, who can be against you? You know, and sometimes we say, well, you know, because of who it is, I don't want to, you know, I really don't want to, you know, every time I have to deal with them, there's a problem. No, tell them anyhow. You know, my bishop says, tell them anyway. The disobedient ones, the obedient ones, Tell them anyhow. So don't have the excuse of saying, did nobody come to me and tell me? Well, now you know. Okay. And it says, no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. You know, and this is the thing. We don't want to be hurt by people rejecting us. We don't want to deal with rejection. This is why, you know, we are not to revile. We have to be able to uh, be conditioned in these last and evil days that everybody's not going to receive us. Now, I don't want to bust nobody bubble, but I want to share this. I'm under pastor. I'm in a ministry. 
but everybody in that ministry is not going to receive me. I'm not dumb. I'm not crazy. And everybody's not going to receive you. Praise the Lord. And so you got to grow in God, grow in the grace of God. You got to grow enough to know that people going to revile you. People ain't going to like you. People ain't going to speak well of you when you tell the truth. Somebody say amen to that. And so I hope you're listening. I hope I'm saying something to encourage somebody today because we have a responsibility to speak life. And so speak life means to tell people how to get the life. You get the life by stop sinning. Praise the Lord. You can't read, you know, but Romans 6 and 1 says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And so we too that have a responsibility to teach the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to speak life and let people know how to get life. You get life by walking within the confines of the scripture. If you're disobedient to the word of God, you're disobedient to God. Lord have mercy. Because he said in the gospels there in John, he said, now why call me Lord, Lord? And he said also in, in the uh, in the gospel, he said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And so we have a responsibility as a people of God. We can't go around reviling. When I say reviling, you know, we reject the word of God. We have to be careful as people of God that we don't reject the word. Because the word comes to help us. The word comes to strengthen us. The word comes to establish us and to settle us. And to make us perfect. Lord, have mercy. And so if you're saying to God. Or you're singing that song that the choir sang. Make me better. I hope you heard this message today. If you said make me better, Lord then we are not to revile. Let us speak life. And when we speak life, we say, look, you know what? Uh, it was, you know, it was good that you did this, but this is how we, uh, this is how we do it so that, you know, it don't cause this. So it should always be a teaching opportunity to explain. Even though you may say that person know better, I've been in too many counseling sessions and been plenty of times Bishop had to talk to me and he knew I knew better, but guess what? He went over it again anyway. And guess what? He went over it again anyway. So I wouldn't have the excuse to say, well, I, I didn't know. And guess what? And God began to remind me. And so I know, um, we don't understand, you know, the, you know, you know, the heart of leadership and pastors and stuff like that, but they have a responsibility to go over things. And we sometimes wonder, well, why is the pastor going over this series four times this month? And it shouldn't he be going on to something else? But I was told by one of the late presiding bishops, uh, uh, Bishop James uh, Lane uh, Sr., Bishop James Lane Sr., uh, bless his heart. And he said, he going to go over it till you get it. And I, that, that, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of registered in my spirit. And I always remember, I can hear him saying that now. He going to go over it until you get it. And sometimes we say we're ready to move on to something else, but we still reviling. Well, 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 first let's fix this one issue. 
before we move on to the next one. Doesn't that make sense? You know, it's no sense in us talking about going to heaven and we reviling folks. We're going to talk about heaven once you stop reviling. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Because guess what? When you stop reviling, you're on your way to heaven. Lord have mercy. I hope I've said something to encourage you today. I'm not on my soapbox, but I'm 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 really stirred today uh, by by the Lord, um, by these latest events that have occurred. You know, sometimes I see things and God, you know, he uh, he's put it down in me to uh, say some things that people may find it hard to be understood. Peter said to Paul uh, that he was hard to be understood, but I'm hoping you'll search these scriptures so you can understand me. And that you would understand the words of God when it talks about as a believer, we are not to revile. And so when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not again. I want you to write these scriptures down and we're going to get out of here. We're going to try to finish it out tomorrow. We'll be on. uh, We'll be on uh, the YouTube and the Facebook. I want you to write these scriptures down. Uh, 2 and 23, um, Peter, First um, Peter 2 and uh, 22 through 23. There were no guiles on his lips when he, uh, when reviled, he did not revile. And so uh, when people, when people make you angry, do you, do you, are you, are you, uh, I want to leave this with you. When people, you know, say something to you that causes you to be uh, emotionally um, disturbed or emotionally charged. I may have said something to um, stir some people today. Let it stir you to do better. Don't let it stir you to be worse. And, you know, don't be bitter, but get better. Okay. That's what we want you to do. We don't want you to keep making the same, you know, uh, errors. Okay. Or mistakes. You know, and so this is what teaching is all about. You know, we want to make sure that you understand that God loves you and we do too. But we are not to revile. We're not to revile our pastors, our leaders. You know, this younger generation, they don't have no respect. They want to revile the elderly. You know, they feel like they can just talk any kind of way to the elderly and say anything. You better think about what you're saying. Because uh, you're talking to God's people, and so um, we gotta treat we gotta treat each other right as people of God. You know, let's don't revile. Revile means to blaspheme, slander, reproach, mock, abuse. You know, an abusive person. You know, people don't understand they can revile in their marriage if they are abusing abusing their spouse. You know, and, uh, you know, being saved, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we don't have that kind of lifestyle, you know, you know, uh, Ephesians 5 and 22 tells us to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And so we got to make sure that we're speaking life, you know, uh, we got to speak life that will cause people to recover, cause people to be restored cause people to be revived and renewed in the spirit of their mind. And so we're speaking life to you today. 
You know, don't revile. You know, don't reject, you know, uh, what God is trying to do in your life. Receive this word and let it fall on good ground. Let the word fall on good ground that you might bring forth and that the Lord may reap a harvest. And so Christ was beaten. Christ suffered. And he suffered for doing right. And we're going to suffer for doing right. You know, we're going to even suffer for this gospel. We're going to suffer in our own churches for speaking and telling the truth. But guess what? Does that make any difference if God is satisfied? I want to please God. Stop pleasing men. Stop satisfying folk. Stop going along to get along and start speaking life. So I hope I've said something today to encourage you. It's no more church as usual. I'm not with the program. I'm on God's program. And God's program says, follow peace with all men and holiness without to which no man shall see the Lord. And so if you don't have peace with your brothers and sisters and you have a reviling type mindset, we encourage you to call us today so we can pray with you. Our number is 414-628-0568. We're on the line. We're here to pray with you. Please call us. All right, we're on the line. There may be somebody that's in need. Please call us today, 414-628-0568. We want to say, God bless you today. We want to say, God bless you. As we get ready to get out of here. I'm your host, Elder Gregory Newsom. Until next time, we say God bless you in Jesus' name.